I don't want to be a financial burden to my children when they are in their midlife. I want to be sufficient. I want to be able to take my grandkids on cruises. I want to be able to be okay financially and not have to stress about things. And I want to teach my kids and give them the gift of financial education. So two of the best gifts you can give them rather than paying for their college is... Welcome to the Quiet Wealth Podcast, where we talk about money mindset, how not to be broke, simple step-by-step strategies to conquer your finances, and the entrepreneurial spirit that will get you there. Your host, Camilla Jeffs, has been a student of money for over 20 years. She started out broke and has built real wealth for her family through steps you can copy. Camilla is on a mission to help thousands of people just like you build true financial stability. Welcome back to the Quiet Wealth Podcast, where we talk about all things money level two, how to really level up your investment. So after you've conquered the financial basics and you're ready to move on and you look around saying, well, now what? That's what we're going to talk about. So today we're talking about how to help your children. And one of the questions I get a lot is about what to do for kids college. Now, When we talk about the psychology of parents and parents funding their kids' college, I think a lot of people in our generation feel pressured to pay for their children's college. So I want to relieve that pressure for you just right off the bat right now. You do not have to pay for your children's college. Your children will not suffer if you do not pay for their college. Now, I know a lot of parents want to be able to provide for their children and pay for their college. And I talked to an investor the other day who was telling me that he was embarrassed because his parents were going to pay for his child's college. And I felt bad because I think there's just way too much pressure on us as parents to do everything for our kids. And I'm coming at this from a contrarian point of view. I don't think you need to do everything for your kids. And in fact, we're not planning to. And I'll do a whole episode on the reasons why and what we're going to do. But today's episode, I want to focus on a specific financial tool that so many parents think they need. And I kind of want to tell you, you don't. And it's probably not the best idea for you to do. So I'm talking specifically about a 529 plan. Now, the 529 plan came about because the government thought, well, maybe we can help people get to get their kids to college. So it's a specific financial tool that you put money into and it gives you some tax breaks, but that money is specifically targeted to pay for college. There's two main types of 529s. You have a savings plan and then you have a prepaid tuition plan. The savings plan allows you to set aside money that will grow tax deferred. It's not tax free. Keep that in mind. Tax deferred and deferred means you'll pay it later, right? And then any withdrawals your child makes will be tax free as long as they're used to pay for a qualified educational expense. Now, who writes the rules about what's a qualified educational expense. Well, of course, the government does because they're the ones that put together this 529 plan, their plan, their rules. The prepaid tuition plans, they let you pay in advance for your child's tuition at certain colleges and universities, but at today's prices. So remember, 
the cost of college just keeps going up and up and up every year. So the prepaid tuition plan, you know, is similar to a savings plan because the money you invest in the prepaid tuition plan, it will grow over time and any capital gains it accumulates will be tax-free. But prepaid tuition plans do not cover room and board or other educational expenses like books besides tuition. So the savings plan model is usually a better bet if you're not sure which post-secondary college your child will attend, especially if you're starting to count while they're young. I mean, I can't imagine when my first daughter was born that we'd be like, oh, she is going to this college and that is all, that's the only place she's going. And so we're going to prepay tuition. That's kind of crazy. And that really forces your child to do what you want them to do. And as a mama of five teenagers, I'm going to tell you that blows up in your face at the teenage level. So you have to be really careful with the prepaid tuition one. The cost of college has grown faster than inflation over the last several decades. And on average, it's about 8% per year meaning the cost doubles every nine years. So think about this. If you had a baby today, by the time your child is 18 years old, the cost of tuition will have doubled twice. What's the average cost of tuition nowadays? Is it 30, 40, 60? Depends on where you go right? But that's going to double and double. So it's going to quadruple by the time your child's 18. That's crazy, right? I mean, I know you love your kids, but you can't afford to send them to college if it costs that much. The benefits of the 529 plan are so restrictive. They can only be used for educational expenses. And so that's why my husband and I chose not to set them up for our five children, because we did not want our children to be pigeonholed into one way of living life. It's the norm. It's the traditional way where you you grow up, you go to college, you get a good job, you work for 40, 50, 60 years, and then you retire and you enjoy it at the end. That's not the way we think about life and money and careers and, and all of these things. We think very differently now than we used to. And even when we were young and had our babies young, the 529 plan just never sat right with us. It was what everybody else was doing. All of our friends were doing it and, and they're building these 529s for their kids and, and feeling good about themselves for providing for their kids in the future. But it just didn't, it didn't hit well with me. So the really the the sad thing about the 529s is that the average american family does not benefit from opening the 529 plan and in fact they could face hefty penalties if the funds don't end up getting used for education. So in my case, I have twin daughters who are seniors in high school. One wants to be an anesthesiologist. So of course she needs to go the college route. The other wants to go into real estate construction. Could she go the college route? Yeah, she could. But we looked at the different options and the different things and it just was it didn't fit. It didn't fit the way she, way she wanted to live her life. And so we've decided that she will not be going to a normal collegiate institution. And so if we had opened up a 529, then she couldn't use those funds. But we want her to be able to have some funds to start her own business, for example, in real estate construction, so she can be set up for success. The other issue here is that the cost of college has increased the fastest at the types of institutions that are preferred by and attended by students from households that are most likely to benefit from the 529 subsidy. So let me explain that in plain English, fifth grade English. Basically, if you're planning to use a 529 and there are institutions out there that use, use these 529s all the time, 
their tuition is going to be higher. It's going to be higher because they know that, oh, people got all this money in 529s to pay. And those institutions typically have relatively low numbers of students on Pell Grants. So, you know, a 529, is it an obvious win? Not necessarily. I mean, it, it could wind up costing you and costing your child too. So here's a couple of reasons why it's a bad idea. And of course, I'm sure someone will argue that it's a good idea, right? But let's talk about the negatives. So your child has to use the money for college. Now, when your child's young and if you went the traditional college route and you believe in college, it may seem like a non-issue to you because the whole point of opening up an education investment account is to save up for your child's college education. But again, what if they decide not to go to college and they just pursue a career straight out of high school? Or what if they choose to go to a local school that costs a lot less than a private college that you'd been budgeting for? what do you do with all that extra money? So in both cases, you'll wind up with too much money in your 529 and you'll have to pay a 10% penalty on any interest you've earned since starting you started contributing to the plan. Now, you won't get dinged with 10% fee on any on the money you originally contributed, but the penalty on your interest will take a significant bite out of your earnings. Another reason is you may have to cough up some hefty fees. So in general, 529 plans come with higher fees than several other investment options like mutual funds, for example. So the industry average for 529 fees, which is also called the expense ratio, is 0.4%. That is double the amount you'd pay for a mutual fund, which averages around 0.2%. So essentially, you'll be paying two extra dollars in fees for every $1,000 you deposit into a 529 instead of a mutual fund. Of course, that doesn't seem like a lot in the beginning. But if you're planning to contribute the maximum amount to your child's 529 each year, it adds up quickly and can really undercut returns you'll see on your investment. Now, when you start a 529, your investment options are going to be limited. I hate this. I hate that there is such controls on this because there's lots of different investment options, but it really varies by state, by provider, and they may not be diverse enough to meet your investment goals. Because other types of investment accounts like Roth IRAs, they'll offer a much broader range of investment options to choose from. So if you want to open a 529 plan, make sure you're doing your research before you look in one to because you might be able to find a plan with better options that are outside your home state even. Okay, another reason to not open a 529 is that it could actually hurt your child's chances of getting financial aid. So any distributions from a 529 plan that's owned by a third party are counted as untaxed income. So this might actually hurt your child's chances of qualifying for financial aids like grants and work-study programs, etc. And it is possible to time your distribution from a 529 so it doesn't count on your child's FAFSA, which is the Federal Student Aid application, but you have to make sure that the person who opens the account, so say grandparents opened one for it or aunts or uncles or whatever, they fully understand the steps required to do so before you tell them they can open this. So it's very tricky timing. Otherwise, it could count as income that they have. So let's talk about alternatives, right? What did we, what what can you do? And then I'll explain what we did for our children. So alternatives to a 529, of course, a simple savings account. 
right? A high yield savings account or a CD. I mean, that's a solid option for your child's college. It might not earn as much return on your investment as a 529, but you can use the money in your savings account to support your kid however you want. Like for example, if they decide to forego college, they start their own business, you can still help them out and you won't get any penalties for that. Another option is a Roth IRA. So the main purpose of a Roth IRA is to save up for retirement way far in the future. But if you withdraw funds early to pay for your child's college expenses, you will not get the standard 10% penalty on the capital gains. Now, if you're planning to go this route, it's a really good idea to consult with a financial advisor first to make sure you understand all the rules and contribution limits that apply to the Roth IRAs. All right, a third option instead of a 529 is a custodial account. These are great accounts for kids. Like one is called the UGMA, Uniform Gift to Minors Act, or the UTMA, which is a Uniform Transfer to Minors Act. Both of these options, they give you standard tax breaks for individuals under the age of 18 and there's no limits on how the money can be used as it benefits your child. So you'll control the funds in your child's account until they come of age. Now, the UGMA, the Uniform Gift one, is 18, and the UTMA, the age for that, is 21, at which point the child will get access to their funds. There's even like automated custodial accounts now that will invest a bit of spare change for your child's future whenever you make a purchase. So those are pretty cool. I love automation. So anytime you can automate your finances and automate your wealth building, go for it. But keep in mind, if your child does decide to go to college, having a lump sum of money in a custodial account could disqualify them from receiving financial aid just like the 529 could. So you have to be careful there. A finally, well, a fourth option is brokerage accounts. A brokerage account, it can be excellent alternative, especially if you're an experienced investor, because with a brokerage account, you can purchase any form of investment you want like stocks, bonds, crypto, futures, whatever. There's no tax advantages here to saving for your child's education by using a brokerage account. But if you build your portfolio wisely, you could see significantly higher returns than you would with a 529. Now, again, the fees, so check on those fees. But some of them will allow you to invest as much as you want with no trading fees or commissions. So you have to find the right ones out there. And then finally, real estate. And of course, this is my favorite because this is what I know and what I do and what I teach. But by investing in real estate. So friends of mine, when they have babies, they're real estate investors, they go out and buy a fourplex. And that fourplex is flagged for the baby. And you can imagine over 18 years, the value of that real estate is going to grow and grow and grow, including the cash flow that's happening. So they're just putting the cash flow away into accounts for their child and then the equity. So once that child turns 18, they will have a piece of real estate that they can then sell and perhaps that real estate will be worth $500,000. So if you like, this is a great strategy if your child wants to be a doctor is to go out and get a piece of real estate that will then pay for the pay for the tuition for your child to be able to get their doctorate without any student loans. This is the goal for us, for our daughter who wants to be a doctor. And this is how we're going to do it, is through real estate. Everybody thinks it can't be done. You cannot get you through college and be a doctor without having almost a million dollars in student loans. We're gonna prove them wrong. So having said all this, right, the 529, I wanna come back to the first point I made at the beginning of this episode, is that you do not have to pay for your child's 
college. That should be a decision that your child is going to make. If you have the opportunity to help them in whatever way and getting them a leg up financially in life by giving them money and gifting them money, that is fantastic. If you are not there yet, if you haven't gotten to that point and you have and you don't have money to give them or or you're just unsure of your philosophy on the matter of whether giving them, the most important thing that you can do and the best gift you can give your child is to not have to take care of you in retirement. You must prioritize your own financial journey. Otherwise, you become a burden to your children. And this is something that's really important to me and something also that my husband and I, when we were discussing 529s and what we should do for our children and how much money to set aside for them to be able to go to college or to start their business or, you know, just to get them going in their in, in their adult years, early adult years. What we realized is that we must prioritize our own financial journey first, right? Our investments come first and because the kids will have a lot more time to be able to invest than we will. And so if we are just putting money into theirs and and that's into their account so that they can go to college and they can be set up, really we're setting ourselves up for a big problem in the future where our children will have to take care of us. And I don't know about you, but for me, I don't want to be a financial burden to my children when they are in their midlife. I want to be sufficient. I want to be able to take my grandkids on cruises. I want to be able to be okay financially and not have to stress about things. And I want to teach my kids and give them the gift of financial education. So two of the best gifts you can give them rather than paying for their college is prioritize your own financial journey and gift them financial education. So if you're interested in gifting them financial education, I can help you with that. And I have a free masterclass coming up. It's called Kids in Cash. And I'll be teaching this live so you can join me live to understand how we taught our kids and the the things that I think are the most important things that you can give to your children to really get them set up for financial success in the future. Thanks for joining. I hope you have a fantastic, beautiful day and please share this episode. After all, we need to share the wealth and share the education. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us on the Quiet Wealth Podcast. If you want more, head on over to camillajeffs.com slash podcast to get the show notes and dive into other juicy episodes. While you're there, be sure to grab the free guide to building wealth. And if you know a friend who is struggling with money, please send this episode to them. Let's share the wealth in as many ways as we can. Until next time, wishing you much success.